Hello and welcome to Season 6, Episode 7 of Twin, Twin Talk, Talk MN. MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today we have a very exciting episode. Because Andrew, basketball Saturday is coming to an end. But that means it is just getting so much crazier. March Madness is nearing its end. We know what two teams are meeting in the finals tomorrow night, April, Monday, April 3rd. It is going to be so insanely exciting. We cannot wait to talk about that in just a couple of minutes. Also, the NBA is almost done. There's only about a little over a week left. And since there's about a game every other day, each team only has a couple of games left. Only about four, maybe three, maybe five games left. Most teams have four games left. Things are right down to the wire. So many questions still to be answered about the Lakers, the Nets, the Raptors, the 76ers, the Bucks, the Heat. There's so many questions and we have some answers, but there's still a lot that we don't know about. And we will get to all of that in this episode. And I cannot wait. So let us jump right into the NBA. Andrew, with four games left for most teams, what is the number one race that we are keeping an eye on currently in the NBA playoffs? Ryan, what I'm keeping my eye on is the Eastern Conference at the top. Now... It's not that a team isn't going to make it because we are going to talk about that very, very soon. But, Ryan, at the top of the Eastern Conference, we have the Heat, who are one and a half games ahead of the Bucks. And, Ryan, I think we can agree that that right there is a done deal. I mean, four games left. There is definitely a chance, but, Ryan, not a super good one. If it's one and a half and it's a team like the Heat, who, to be honest, could probably be every single team in the league right now. But, Ryan, after that, we have the Bucks, who I said are one and a half games back of the Heat. Then we have the Celtics, half a game behind the Bucks. Then the Sixers, half a game behind the Celtics. Ryan, those are three teams in the two, three, and four seed. Now, for the first round, it doesn't really matter because all of them are probably going to win. But if you're asking me, you do not want to play this Celtics team in the playoffs because they are doing amazing. But Andrew, sadly this week for Celtics fans, they had some very bad news as two of their most important players are done for the season. No, not Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, but their two next best players, Robert Williams and Marcus Smart. Sadly, both have injuries and will sadly miss the remainder of the season. And this is a monumental blow for the Celtics. Basically, everything they stand for, defense and all that their defense does in their shot blocking, in their steals, just all gone now. It's going to come down to pure scoring. Andrew, do you think that... Sh- makes a big change, or do you think the Celtics are still the powerhouse we've seen? Ryan, I know what we're watching, and I know what everyone's saying. This Celtics team is amazing. This Celtics team is the best in the league. Ryan, in my opinion, I think this team is a second-round exit. Now, maybe we'll see who they play between the Bulls or the Cavs or maybe even the... or maybe even down to the Raptors. But, Ryan, no matter what, I think that if they have to play the Sixers or they have to play the Heat or they have to play the Bucks, in my opinion, they are not a better team than those teams, and I think they would lose that. So in my opinion, the Celtics are not all they are chalked up to be. Ryan, moving down in the Eastern Conference, okay, at the force at the five seed, we can pretty easily see the Raptors have clinched it. They are only half a game ahead of Cleveland, 
Brian, between the 5 and the 6 seed, there could already be a lot of movement between the 2, 3, and 4 seed. So to be honest, not really that important right there. Now moving right along, we have the Cavaliers who have all but clinched their spot at 7. Hawks who have all but clinched their spot at 8. And then Ryan, we see the number 9 Hornets and the 10 Nets tied together. Now, I don't know if either one of these teams is going to come out. And to be honest, if it'll really matter. Because as we remember, between the 9 and the 10 seed, it's just home court advantage. So we'll have to see what happens there. Ryan, this Western Conference is developing like crazy. Now, before, maybe about after a month or two into the season, we we're talking about the best teams in the Western Conference. And we basically just kept on saying it was between the Warriors and the Suns. Warriors, Suns. Then the Warriors started to slip and we were saying, okay, Suns, but Warriors easily number two. Then we were saying, okay, Memphis, they look pretty good, but Warriors still hold it. Then we were saying, oh my God, this is going to be a really good race. Two or three, two or three. And Ryan, we have gotten to the conclusion where Memphis is clearly number two and the Warriors are clearly number three. And you know what? That was okay. But Ryan, I don't think we ever thought in a million years the Golden State Warriors would fall to the number four seed. Ryan, right now the Mavericks hold the three seed. Ryan, can you paint me a playoff picture of what would happen right now? If this stays the same, if Golden State is the number four seed, the number one team who is so dominant, what Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, Ryan, could this team really be a four seed? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, there's just so much to look at in this Western Conference. I mean, as you've been talking about for about the past couple weeks, I think the Suns are in a league of their own, as we've been talking about. Every other team has... Pros and cons. I mean, you look at a team like the Grizzlies. They have a lot of young talent, not a lot of experience. You look at a team like the Warriors. They have a decent amount of experience, but not a lot of young talent. And they also don't really, they're not really that reliable. The Mavericks have one really good player, but when it comes to depth, if Luka has an off game, they're probably going to lose. When you look at the Jazz, they have a lot of good depth and maybe the best depth in the entire league. But when it comes to a superstar, they just don't have it. When you look at the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic is good, but if he gets into foul trouble or he stinks... They are probably going to lose a lot. When you look at the Timberwolves, they have been some of the best teams in the league. But sometimes they just may have dumb losses and lose to some really bad teams. When you look at the Clippers, they just have no decent players, but somehow they keep winning. Nobody that's not going to stop. When you look at the Suns, they have it all. They have the superstar Devin Booker. They have the role players and Mike Howell Bridges and Jay Crowder. They have the depth. They have the multiple other all-stars. This team has it all. I think the Suns are just so good, and when we look at all the other teams in the Western Conference, I think any of these teams could win to, and could make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals, or could lose in the first round, for that matter, of the Western Conference t- Tournament. Andrew, of all the teams in the Western Conference besides the Suns, which of them do you think is the best and what? As we've said, a lot of teams have been doing really well this year, but the Suns really seem like the only really consistent team. So, Andrew, which Western Conference team do you think will be playing the Suns in the Western Conference Championship? I mean, Ryan, I have to say, and I hope you understand what I'm saying, is that this is a very difficult question. I mean, there is clearly a number two seed, a number three seed. But, Ryan, as you just said, no team besides the Suns looks that dominant. I mean, yeah, the Grizzlies and the Warriors and the Mavericks and the Jazz and the Nuggets, they're good teams, and they're already in the playoffs, but... I just feel like with these teams, I just don't think they're that safe a pick. And 
to be honest, I feel like all have extreme downsides. I mean, the Jazz hit lag compatibility. It seems like every other day, I'm hearing more and more about how Donovan Mitchell hates his starting center. Then with the Mavericks, Luka Doncic tells me, or keeps on telling the media just more and more about how he feels so much pressure and he feels like he's not playing good enough. Ryan, if this guy's having doubts, he's the only player on this team, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, he got some good people, but I mean, I just feel like he is the only one that really matters. And if he does not trust himself, then this team is just done. The Nuggets are a very good team. But Ryan, when you have a center who's going to get a triple-double, that's super impressive. But I just feel like they're going to need some guys to come back from injury to win. And from what I've seen, that is not happening. So the Nuggets are going nowhere. Ryan, the Warriors, as I said before last week, when you don't have your superstars, even if you expect to get them back right when the playoffs start, that's just not the formula to win. That's not how teams win a championship. That's not how you even get to the Western Conference Finals. Ryan, in this case, without Stephen Curry, I think the Warriors are maybe the sixth, seventh best team in the Western Conference. And while it is very interesting, they have fallen, to be honest, not super surprising. Also, to me, I think it just lays out all the criteria to have them lose in the first round. I mean, whether they're playing the Jazz or the Nuggets or even the Timberwolves, Ryan, I feel like this team cannot do it. And in my opinion, is not going anywhere in these playoffs. So I guess the only team that leaves is the Memphis Grizzlies, who I got to say, I'm not super excited about, but I do think they're the number two seed. But Ryan, let's look at the playing tournament of the Western Conference. Now, we are obviously talking about this a lot because of the Timbos, but Ryan, the Timbos actually beat the Nuggets on Friday night. And Ryan, while the Timbos did slip, and now we're only or still two games back, Ryan, the schedules kind of do line up for Minnesota to grab this. I mean, I'm not going to say that's my prediction. I think the Nuggets are going to pull through. But Ryan, this could be a very interesting thing to watch for and see what could possibly happen here. Now, I'm just going to say, Ryan, the only thing that I think 90% of the NBA Warriors watching is the end of the playing tournament in the Western Commons. Ryan, the Los Angeles Lakers are on the brink of elimination, the brink of not even making the playing tournament. Ryan, could this be a real possibility? Yeah, Andrew, for the Los Angeles Lakers currently, as we look at it right at this very second, they are not in the playing tournament. I saw a stat. They only have an 11% chance to make the, the playing tournament with their current schedule. Andrew, in this Western Conference, most teams just have three or maybe even four of their final four games against Western Conference teams. There are very few Western Conference teams that still have anything to play for major. But the Lakers have two games against the Nuggets who are also fighting against the Timberwolves to, to stay ahead of them. The Nuggets are going to be trying, and when the Nuggets are trying, they are extremely challenging to beat, especially for a Lakers team that right now is way, way below 500 and playing some of the worst basketball, frankly, I have ever seen. I also think that the Lakers have a game against the Spurs, who they are very close with, and the Lakers just played the Pelicans on Friday night, and they also lost then. It seems like the, it seems like the Lakers have no interest in picking up. As everyone says, it's about getting hot at the right time. It's about coming together. And when your team really needs to get wins, everyone comes together. Everyone says, you know what? We don't care about tomorrow. We don't care about yesterday. We just care about getting a win tonight. 
team that the Lakers have no interest. LeBron James is going out there and dominating. Is he helping? Is he hurting? I'm not sure. Whatever he's doing, it's not working. This team is not winning games. Whatever is going on with Russell Westbrook, it's not working. I don't care about who likes who or who's mad at who or Westbrook or LeBrick or whatever or whatever nicknames people want to give them. This team is struggling, and frankly, they're terrible. And if you talk about in most sports, if you don't like the playoffs, it's okay. Maybe something didn't go right. But in the NBA, you can literally lose 10 more games than you win in an 80-game season. You can win under 40% of your games and still make the playoffs. And you aren't making the playoffs. The Lakers right now win 30. No, the Lakers right now win just over 40% of their games and they're most and they're projected to finish winning under 40% of their games. That is utterly ridiculous for a team that is attempting to win a championship that can't even win 40% of their games, which is absolutely embarrassing for them right now. Andrew, we'll talk about this all offseason, but just right now, as a team, the Lakers will either miss the play-in tournament altogether or lose in the first, maybe second, or by sheer miracle, go on and definitely lose soon. What in the world happens to the Los Angeles Lakers this offseason? I mean, Ryan, in my opinion, I think there's no way that this combination stays together. Now, we were recently talking about this, and you were saying change is going to come. Whether that's LeBron leaving, whether that's Anthony Davis leaving, whether that's training Russell Westbrook and the rest of the team for another superstar, something big is going to happen. Because if you're LeBron James, you cannot wait. You cannot say, let's wait a year. Let's see what happens. What are we going to do? Ryan, he needs a ring. He wants to prove himself that he can get whatever, the most rings or the most MVPs or whatever, that he should be the GOAT or something like that. I know that he is not content with where he is right now or else he wouldn't still be playing. Now, yeah, there are guys like Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul who are and Dwight Howard who are up there in age. But Ryan, those guys, they just want a ring. They just want to get one more final championship earn Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul's. They just want one ring. LeBron James, he clearly just wants another ring. And in my opinion, he is not going to wait any longer possible to do it. Now, this is interesting because this brings me to the fact of where should he go? I mean, you might say, oh, well, the Suns are the best team. Why don't you go to the Suns? And eh, that's not how the NBA works. The best player, when he's choosing for a team, doesn't usually go to the best team. They usually go with a friend. Or they go to a favorable place. Ryan, one place that a lot of people keep on bringing back is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not because they're amazing. Maybe not because of a championship. But because he feels like that's where he started. And that's where he wants to finish. Now, I have no idea how close he is to retirement or anything like that. But it's an interesting thing to think about. And we'll definitely look at that during the offseason. But Ryan, the NBA playoffs are going to start by almost next time I talk to you. So we are super excited for that. After this week, I believe we should have, every team should have one or two games left. So that will be very, very exciting. Ryan, what is the top matchup, maybe top race you're looking for in the next week? Yeah, Andrew, it just has to be what the seeding is going to end up in in this Eastern Conference play-in tournament. Because when you look at what's important, whether you get into the plan or you get out, don't get me wrong. It might matter for the team, 
But from a fan standpoint, I don't really care whether or not the Pelicans or the Spurs or the Lakers get in because it's clear none of them are going far and none of that is important. But when we look at this Eastern Conference, it is extremely important because I, for one, still think that the Nets are a very talented team. I, for one, also think that the Cavaliers are an extremely talented team. And I think both these teams definitely have the ability to go extremely far into the playoffs with the possibility of making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And right now, the Nets are at the 10 seed. Now, don't get me wrong. They still are going to make the playoffs, and they've clinched a play-in spot. But this is not looking good at all because in the first round of the play-in, they'll have to play the Hornets, who they who the Hornets are red hot, and the Nets have been terrible against. And if they win, they'll have to play the Hawks or the Cavs. Andrew, the Cavs are a phenomenal team. The Cavs are winning 55% of their games, where the Nets are at a measly 51. And the Cavs have been, frankly, phenomenal this year. And like the Nets, they also have had a lot of injuries. So just because the Nets are getting healthy, don't say they're going to win, because a lot of other teams are also getting healthy. And it's about what you have done and what you'll be able to do. And we'll have to see what happens there. Because if the Nets don't climb out, they're going to play back-to-back away games, back-to-back tough road games where they're going to have to travel quickly. And I feel like that is the recipe that is just not going to work at all. I would sadly not be surprised if the Nets don't get out of the play-in tournament, which I think sadly is a shame because this team is clearly extremely extremely talented, and I'm very excited to see how this thing shakes out. Andrew, we talked a little bit about the top of the Eastern Conference, but as we said, the Heat, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the 76ers are the four teams left. If you could just really quickly touch on which team you think will finish number one and why, and anything else you want to say about the NBA. Ryan, I feel like when I look at this Eastern Conference, and I'm saying who's going to finish number one coming out of this Eastern Conference, looking to the West players, looking at this championship game. I mean, it's just impossible, impossible for me to not pick the 76ers. I mean, this team is so just well put together. From Joel Embiid to James Harden to Tyrese Massey to Tobias Harris to even, I mean, just for man Gordon Mouse. I mean, Ryan, this team just has so many specialists also just so many all-around players. I mean, you got, in my opinion, the MVP and Joel Embiid, who can just do it all. You got James Harden, who is just an insanely good three-point shooter and a phenomenal point guard. And then, Ryan, we'll look at some breakout guys like Matisse Thibel, who can lock down basically anyone in this entire league. You got a guy like Tyce Maxey, who's just playing phenomenal this year, having a breakout season. You got guys like Furman Korkmaz and Georges Nyang who can hit some really tough and contested threes. That's definitely going to come in clutch in the playoffs. And in my opinion, that just proves it why the 76ers are the best team in the Eastern Conference. But we'll see what happens over the course of this week and the next week. Ryan, let's quickly move on to some NFL news now. Basically, nothing has happened. But, Ryan, one small thing did happen. Uh, Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker were straight to the Patriots. No surprise here. Since they got Tyreek Hill, basically no more space for him. Patriots have been looking for some wide receiver help, and this should basically do nothing but, I don't know, maybe make someone happy. Ryan, what is one... Just tell me some things that you are going to be very interested in for this offseason, whether it's a new phase, whether it's someone on a new team, or 
someone like that, or Ryan, maybe a guy who you think the book isn't closed. Maybe they could shift teams. Maybe they could get a new deal. Maybe we're looking at a guy who we're just thinking, could there be a story behind this? Yeah, Andrew, one guy that I feel like people have been really sleeping on just because we're fairly late in free agency is Stephon Gilmore. This guy was the best cornerback in the entire NFL and, frankly, the best defensive player we've seen in a long time just two seasons ago when he won Defensive Player of the Year. Now, I'm not saying he's the very best defensive player in the NFL, but he's definitely a top-five cornerback, and I'd say he's definitely in the conversation for a top-ten defender in the entire NFL. Zadarius Smith, I think, is worse than him overall, and he got a lot more buzz than Stephon Gilmore is getting. Stephon Gilmore could easily completely turn around any team's defensive backs in the entire league. I think a lot of teams should be interested. I think the Chiefs, for that matter, I think that the Saints should definitely be looking into it. The Titans should be looking into it. The Saints definitely should be looking into it. I think that a lot of teams could really turn their entire defense around with this huge addition. So I would say, I know he's not a quarterback, I know he's not a running back, and he's not even a wide receiver, but just keep watching out for this guy. Because I think he can make a big change in the NFL. Maybe not change the entire playoffs, but he could be interesting to just keep an eye on. Andrew, just very quickly before we move on to college basketball. In the NFL right now, there are many teams that are still left without a quarterback. And for each of these two teams, I just want you to tell me whether you think they're going to get someone in free agency or through a trade or draft. The Steelers and the Falcons. What do you think they're going to do? Ryan, in my opinion... I think the Steelers, in my opinion, I think they might look towards free agency or trade. I mean, they have been a very big spender in mind. Based on the fact they got Mitchell Trubisky and Dwayne Haskins, Ryan, I do not think in the moment they're looking for a full rebuild at the quarterback position. Now, don't get me wrong. That would be the best option by far. But I just feel like that's not where this team wants to go. They still have a lot of talented guys from running back all the way to their safety, all the way back to their defensive line. Ryan, talking about the Falcons, in my opinion, this team is in prime positions here, the rookie quarterback. They're pretty high up in the draft. They had great, great success, obviously, with Matt Ryan, who has really been basically their guy for the last couple of decades, for the last decade and a half. And Ryan, now that they got Kyle Pitts, and possibly we'll see about what happens with Kyle Rid- Calvin Ridley. Ryan, this would be a perfect time to draft a rookie quarterback, and I think Getting them now would help them gel with his wide receivers, and that would be great for them. Ryan, let's talk about college basketball. Ryan, in college basketball right now, we know who is going to the championship game. Now, there were some really good teams who who just, you know what? They got out late. But Ryan, there are two teams. They've won all their games. On the first round, second round, third round, fourth round, and Ryan, they are going to defend their wins in the championship game. Ryan, we know that the storylines were huge because we saw that UNC was going to play Duke, the two historic schools in their 100th game, possibly Coach K's last game ever if Duke were to lose. Ryan, we also saw Kansas versus Villanova, one seed versus the two seed. Now, this was going to be a very, very interesting game because we knew that Kansas was very talented coming in. But Ryan Villanova has just looked so, so talented. Ryan, what happened last night? And who am I going to see tomorrow night in the championship game? 
yeah, Andrew, it was crazy. And Kansas versus Villanova, a lot of people thought Kansas, being a one seed, would get a close, would get an easy win. But a lot of people said, hey, Villanova's been here. They're a good team. They won two championships in the last five years. This is a great team led by a great coach. A lot of people were thinking, Kansas might not win here. Game started out close, but it was a runaway. Kansas just dominated the entire second half and just had one of the best games I've seen them play in a very long time. So they punched their ticket to the national championship game tomorrow night, April 3rd. It is going to be crazy just to see if these Kansas Jayhawks can be good just because they've been so dominant all season and all tournament. So whoever they play, I think they're probably going to win. But let's move to the other game. Duke UNC, the Battle of the Blue Bloods. Huge, huge game. The rivalry is unbelievably great. And with the game being in New Orleans, a lot of fans traveled over. So much history between the teams. A lot of you have thought the storyline's huge, but Duke's easily going to win. Duke is a two-seed. UNC is an eight-seed. Duke was some of the best players in college basketball. UNC was more of a, just a nice story. But UNC kept the game very close up until the very end. A lot of people were saying, could this be the end for Coach K? Could this be his last game? As Duke's coach, Mike Krzyzewski, said he will retire after their next loss or at the end of the season. Came down to the very end of the game. UNC hit a couple of extremely important shots. And when Duke had the chance to bring it back, they could not do it. UNC won, making Coach K end his career. Duke is done. UNC, as an eight seed, is in the championship game against Kansas. Duke is done. The rivalry is tied up at 50 wins for each two of UNC and Duke. Coach K is retired. The greatest coach in college basketball history will never step on the court again. This is absolutely crazy. UNC versus Kansas. Now, you might say Kansas is a one seed and UNC is an eight seed, but it is clear if you've been watching the tournament who cares about the seedings anymore? It seems like anyone could be anyone at this point. This is madness for real. Kansas UNC. Both teams have looked amazing last game. But Kansas won by a lot more, and UNC has been in a lot of close games. Andrew, which of these two teams do you think has the slight upper hand going in to tomorrow night's national championship game? I mean, Ryan, something that just leads me to go just a little bit more for UNC is Ryan, let's look at who UNC has had to play, okay? First round, pretty easy game. I believe they beat Marquette pretty easily. But Ryan, then they beat the one-seed Baylor. Then they had. Then they beat the four-seed UCLA. And Ryan, surprisingly, they had won the toughest wins of the tournament yet against St. Peter's. Now, in my opinion, I never thought they were that good. But if you're playing that talented of a team... And then you just win easily. You put a stop to all the talk. And then you go out and you beat another two and you beat a two seed in Duke. Ryan, this team has gone through it all this March Madness. Rather than if you're Kansas, who after they win the first round, their bracket or their region was had so many upsets that they got to play a 10 seed, then an 11 seed before going into the Final Four. And in my opinion, that is just why I got to go UNC. I feel like they've done more of the work. They are, they are a more complete team. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be a runaway or that I'm giving no shot to Kansas because they are a very good team as well. I just feel like UNC has a slight edge coming from the better conference, having the harder title run 
and in my opinion, just having a better team. Ryan, we cannot wait for the college basketball championship game, and we are very excited to see the winner. But Ryan, quickly, just on the topic of college basketball, tell me two or three guys that you think really showed out, that you think really boosted their draft stock for Ryan. Just a couple of months, we'll see the NBA draft, and a lot of these stars in college will be going over to the NBA. Yeah, Andrew, that is definitely the question that a lot of people are asking of looking at the NBA draft, which guys are really going to show out. And I think one guy that has really helped his stock has to be Duke's Paolo Boncaro. This guy was looked at coming in as one of the top players, didn't play super well at the beginning, but in this tournament in the last couple of games, has just been absolutely dominant. This guy's been destroying defenses, putting up dozens of points each game. I love the way this guy plays. Yesterday, I believe he led Duke in points, rebounds, and assists, and it was not close at all. This guy is a guard. He's phenomenal. I love the way this guy plays. I think he has an amazing chance to be a great player in the NBA, and I think he could easily go top five. And another guy is UNC's Caleb Love. This guy Started yesterday with five points in the first half and ended the game with over 30. This guy dominated against one of the best defensive teams in the country, and that's exactly what he's been doing. In the game against Baylor, he came up huge with them and just being phenomenal to lead them past that incredible squad. He's been dominant all year, helped them a ton in the regular season, and has become one of the best players in the entire nation this tournament. Andrew, let's look at now the women's college tournament. Now, it's very close, and their games are one day before the men's, so they had their Final Four two days ago. They had UConn versus Stanford, and then they had South Carolina playing another tough matchup against Arizona. It was a tough game for both teams, but South Carolina, who was the projected number one overall seed, ended up winning to punch their ticket to the national championship, which is tonight. And then we had UConn, who beat Stanford, and they punched their ticket to the college, to the Women's College Basketball Championship. So, Ryan, we got UConn. We got South Carolina. Now, the numbers tell us to go with South Carolina. But, Ryan, I don't think there is anyone in all of college basketball who can stop Paige Beckers. I mean, she is just the best. Or, Paige Beckers. She is just the best player by so much. And I just feel like when she is on the floor, that team is just not going to lose. The history they have, the coaching they have, the players they have, in my opinion, that is the recipe for a championship. That is why UConn is my prediction for tonight. Now, South Carolina is a very, very good team, and they have looked probably better for most of the season. Brian, UConn, as we've seen it for a while, they come up clutch in big games. They make the plays they have to, and they win the big games. And Ryan, this is a big game if we've ever seen one, and that is why we just got to go with UConn. Ryan, Let's keep going on to some MLB news. Ryan, the MLB starts this Thursday night, just four, five days away. And Ryan, I cannot wait. Ryan, just give me some things that you are either excited for or interested in in the first couple games, whether it's a team or a player or just a storyline. Yeah, Andrew, I mean, basically the storyline that I've been following in, the ma- in Major League Baseball for the last couple seasons has just been comeback seasons. I mean... This is true in any sport, but I feel like, especially Major League Baseball, when it's such a personalized sport, especially on the hitting and pitching side, but just as what guys are going to return to former glory or not return. I mean, obviously, every year there's guys that were an all-star the year before and 
can't do anything the year after, but just some guys that I want to see what version we get of them. Pete Alonso, Josh Bell, Miguel Sano is another guy that I want to see. There's so many guys. Like a guy like Brandon Belt last year for the Giants. He had a phenomenal season, but the team wasn't that good, so we couldn't really see that much of it. But this year, we'll really be able to see whether he makes or break his entire career on what he's able to do. Giants pitcher Logan Webb, somehow out of the blue last year, had one of the best seasons we've ever seen. Will you repeat? Or was that just a fluke? So many questions to be answered. And even though after the whole season, they'll be fully answered, I think you can see a lot from the first couple games of teams. And you're really able to see what things are going to end up doing. Andrew, I'd like for each of us to pick a breakout player for this year that is kind of slightly well-known and not really well-known. Maybe a young guy, but let's just look at a young guy that we think is going to do well. Personally, I think one guy that I think has to break out is Tigers first baseman Spencer Torkelson. This guy is projected to be the rookie of the year, number one prospect in the entire MLB. This guy is insane. I think he has an amazing chance to win rookie of the year for the American League. I think that's going to be incredible to watch. Andrew, real quick, will you give me your MVP prediction for this season? We got Ryan, based on your last question, which was, who is a breakout player? Ryan, I got to go. Jazz Chisholm Jr., second baseman for the Miami Marlins. Ryan, I started watching this guy at the beginning of last year, and my goodness, he looked good. I remember he hit a home run of Jacob deGrom and like his third at-bat in the MLB. I mean, that's just crazy. And then Ryan, towards the end of the season, I was saying, watch out for this guy in the MVP conversation. I mean, he definitely wasn't the MVP, but I'm saying if he was already getting those looks as a rookie, I cannot wait to see what he does this year. Ryan, moving on to the MVP, as you said. I mean, it is going to be very, very interesting because as you said, especially in baseball, in my opinion, there are so many good guys that are at MVP level one year and the next year just completely fall. And just, they look so, so, so good. And then they just look so, so, so bad. Ryan, I think that one guy is going to return to his glory. I got, my prediction is Mike Trout. Now, Mike Trout was probably the best player in the MLB for four or five years. Brian, recently, he's had a couple injuries. He's had a couple okay seasons. Brian, he is still the MVP in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, Andrew, I completely agree. I think Mike Trout has a great chance. But one guy in the National League that I think a lot of people are extremely excited to see and pick for a great chance to win MVP just has to be Bryce Harper. He's been such an incredible player this year, just phenomenal in the last couple of years for the Phillies. I would not at all be surprised if he ends up having a phenomenal season and taking his talents all the way to win MVP race. I feel like it's going to be an amazing season to watch. But Andrew, one thing that I just want to look at right now is the Cy Young Award. Last year, we saw Robbie Ray win it, which was kind of a surprise in my opinion. But when we're looking ahead, I think there's a lot of good pitches in both leagues. But can you really pick against Garrett Cole and Jacob deGrom? Andrew, do you think there's any way that either of these guys doesn't win the race this year? I mean, Ryan, I guess yes, because Jacob deGrom has some injuries to start the season. And in my opinion, Garrett Cole has been very, very good for the Yankees. But I don't know, it's just something that's not the MVP level. I mean, I love both of these guys, and I think that they would be my best picks for Cy Young. But I don't think this is a done deal. I would not pick them against the field because they're good. But as I say in baseball, there's a lot of games. Anything can happen. And to be honest, baseball is probably 
the number one sport that I'm least excited for opening day. Not because I don't love watching baseball. But Ryan, in football, there's 17 games. Basketball, there's only 82. In baseball, there was double basketball amount of games. And almost 10 times the amount of the NFL season. And they're also each like about half an hour long. So I'm very excited for the MLB. I'm sure to break it all down next week in the first regular season games. But I wouldn't read too much into it. Or if a guy hits his first home run on the first pitch, doesn't mean he's going to win MVP. But still, super excited. Ryan, let's get to some Minnesota sports. Ryan, let's, before we talk about the Timbers, let's talk about the Vikings real fast. Ryan, I know you've been looking at a lot of mock drafts. Ryan, what has it been looking like for the Vikings draft choice? And Ryan, is there any free agents that you are very, very interested in for the Vikings? Yeah, well, Andrew, the, the Vikings have been trying to add a couple players. We've added a couple of decent offensive linemen, a couple of decent defensive linemen. But still, our biggest hole, in my opinion, is cornerback. Now, some very, very good news for Vikings fans. We were able to get back veteran cornerback Patrick Peterson after we weren't sure if he would leave in free agency, which gives us a little bit more sustainability of him. We also have Cameron Dancer, and we also have Harrison Hand. Now, this is not the worst cornerbacks in the league, but we are nowhere near the best. And we aren't trying to be the best team in the league, but we just want to be respectable. And I still feel like our cornerbacks are not very close to respectable yet. We need to add another, whether it's in free agency or the draft. Free agency, it's tough because a lot of the guys left are left because they're looking for so much more money, which the Vikings don't really have a great chance to be able to give. The Vikings still have a decent amount of money, but after we gave so much to Zedarius Smith, not really able to get another big name free agent, but we could still add a couple decent veterans. But Andrew, when you talk about the draft, what I've seen almost every single time is the Vikings taking LSU cornerback Derek Stingley. This guy was the best player in all of college football a couple years ago. Last year, had a decent season, which means he should be able, he will probably be open when we're picking at number 12, but we'll have to see. The old guy that a lot of people thought we would take, Ahmad Salas Gardner, has moved up into the top five projected to be taken. So he probably won't be open when we're drafting. But if he is, that would be a great pick for us too. And let's move on to our Minnesota Timberwolves who are fighting for their lives to get out of that seven seed. Ryan, somehow we got some good news. Ryan, about two weeks ago when we were looking at the Timberwolves, we were ahead of the Nuggets. We had the same record as them, and somehow we had the tiebreakers. Ryan, I could not wait for that to happen, and then it finally happened. But Ryan, after that, we lost three of our next five games. Just killed our seeding, and Ryan, we were all but guaranteed to get the seventh seed. Ryan, we had six games left. We won that. We won our sixth game, and Ryan, we beat the Nuggets in our last game. Now, I really, really wish that we would have kept it up and maybe lost two of our last seven games instead of three of the last five. But Ryan, just beating the Nuggets does so much because that's an, a whole game that we moved up. So now we are two games back in the Nuggets. We have the tiebreakers. So if we go 4-0, they go 2-2, two and two, Ryan, we would take the seed. Or... If we go 3-1 and one, and they go 1-3, and three, we would take the seed. Or if we go 2-2 two and, two and they go 0-4, we would take the seed. So, 
when we look at the Nuggets schedule in comparison to the Timberwolves. Ryan, the Nuggets will have to play the Lakers twice and the Spurs and the Grizzlies. Now, my prediction is that right there, they go 2-2. Two and two. I think they're going to split with the Lakers because, Ryan, as we talked about earlier, the Lakers are really, really fighting for that last play-in spot, and they really, really want that. So in my opinion, they might pull out all the stops just to get a win. And I think that they're going to lose to the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are just so, so, so good. So that is my prediction for them. Ryan, with the Timberwolves, we still have to play the Rockets, in my opinion, easy win, the Wizards, easy win, and the Spurs, easy win. Ryan, our last final team is the Chicago Bulls. Now, the Bulls have been amazing this season, and in my opinion, I do not think we could win. Ryan, I just, in my opinion, I think that game might decide our season. Because, as I said, if the Nuggets are going 2-2, two and two, we would have to go 4-0. and And if we can easily beat those three teams, Ryan, it would come down to the 82nd game with us to beat the Chicago Bulls. Ryan, I think if the Chicago Bulls are trying for their own playoff seed, they're trying to get ahead or, st- or climb up over another team, it is over. But Ryan, maybe if they clinch their spots, maybe if they're two games behind the team ahead of them and two games ahead of the team behind them, Ryan, they might not play their best players. And Ryan, that should be very, very interesting. Now, by the next time we talk to you, the two more season will not be over yet. We might just have that one game left, and hopefully we are fighting for our season, or maybe even have the sixth seed, but we'll definitely have to see what happens, hoping for the best with our Minnesota Timbers. If you want to know who to cheer against, it is 100% the Denver Nuggets. That is the only team we are in contention with, and yeah, just cheer against the Nuggets, cheer for the Timbers. Ryan, let's move on to our Minnesota Twins. Ryan, Friday night is the Twins' first game. Ryan, tell me, what are you looking for in this game? What are you excited for in this game? And what are you a little worried about? I mean, things that I'm excited for, it would be crazy if I didn't say I'm excited to watch Carlos Correa. I mean, this guy's torched every MLB team. He's by far one of the best hitters in the entire MLB, and he is on the Twins roster. If you've been watching the Twins for a long time, you know we've been a good team, but we haven't really been a great team, and we haven't really had guys at the top of the league in multiple stats until now. I promise you, Carlos Correa is going to have a phenomenal season for us and hopefully be worth everything that we spent to get him. Something else that I'm super excited to watch is all of these young guys that the Twins have. Guys like Alex Kurlyoff, guys like Ryan Jeffers, guys like Trevor Larnock, Royce Lewis, and especially on the pitching side. Andrew, the Twins have two phenomenal young pitchers, Joe Ryan, who is actually predicted to be one of the top guys in AL Rookie of the Year um, pitching voting because a lot, he is just a phenomenal prospect right now and definitely one of the top in the entire MLB and the Twins have him. So that should be extremely exciting. Also, Griffin Jacks is another great picture that we picked up in, in our trade deadline trades of last season and he should be another incredible pitcher for the Twins this year. Andrew, what are you looking at for the Twins season? Ryan, I'm, look- I'm looking at the pitcher. I mean, our first game starter is going to be Joe Ryan. Ryan, this guy only had about three starts last year, and they were all amazing. Now, that was against some teams who were not really trying, and at that point, we weren't really trying. But Ryan, if we can get Joe Ryan just to start off hot, ooh, that should be very exciting. Or if he can have a very good opening start that sets the tone for our season, 
Ryan, I would just love for that to happen. And then, as you said, the hitting. I mean, for the last four or five years, we've had some really good hitters. Just only about two or three of two or three of the years have they actually come to play. Ryan, with Correa, with Buxton, with Arise, Polanco, Sano, Kepler. Ryan, I am pretty excited. And Ryan, also, just our new guys, like the guys from the Yankees, Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. I mean, both of them are pretty terrible defensively. But Ryan, if we could see a home run from Sanchez, maybe a double or a home run from Urshela, Ryan, I would feel so much better about that trade and be super excited about it. Ryan, I cannot wait for the Twins opener. And then after we talk to you next time, we'll already have seen two, maybe three Twins games, and we'll have to break those down for the podcast. But Ryan, let's move on to the birthday of the day. Ryan, today, the birthday of the day is Cam Chancellor, defensive player for the Seahawks, who is retired. But Ryan, when Cam Chancellor was playing, the Seahawks had the best defense in the league. But Ryan, they weren't known for just being the best. They were known for being the hardest hitters in the team that maybe you didn't want to play against because they were good, but you also didn't want to play against them because they had so many hard hits. If you were running near one of them, they wouldn't just try to push you out of bounds or try to, you know, just tackle you lightly. No, they would run right into you, head first, lower the shoulder. That was when NFL rules were very not safe at all. And Ryan, one time in an interview with Cam Chancellor, someone asked, Cam, would you uh, ever think about getting traded? And he said, no. He said, the reason everyone will never come near me is because they know how hard I hit and they know how hard my team hits. He said, if I were to go to another team, I would have to do so much work because everyone would just run away from me. But here, they get to run right towards me and I get to hit him as hard as I can. And he believes in himself that he is that good. Happy birthday, Cam Chancellor. Keep hitting hard wherever you are since it's not the NFL. But Ryan, let's just talk about next week. Ryan, the NBA will have one game left roughly for most teams. We could see the Lakers possibly in the playing tournament. Or we could see the Lakers gone. Ryan, we could see the Timberwolves in the sixth seed. Or we could see our season completely over. There are so many races in the NBA. Ryan, the MLB opening day is going to start this end of the week. That is super, super exciting, and I cannot wait for what is about to happen. But Ryan, the college basketball championship will happen this Monday, tomorrow night. I am so excited for it to happen and cannot wait to see who our champion is in men's and women's basketball. Ryan, this is going to be one of the biggest weeks in sports, and I cannot wait. Just wanted to say before we end, just thank you, Mike Krzyzewski, for everything you did for Duke. I'm sorry that it had to end this way, but glad that you had a great career. But Ryan, so many things in sports we'll have to see next week on Twin Twin Talk Talk MN. MN.